0: Well, we're not at what we call the season of Advent. It starts this next Sunday. Uh, But today is really, in a sense, it's a time for us to get ready. It's a time for us to get ready for the actual season. We await and get ready every year. In a sense, when Advent comes, Advent simply means to be prepared, to be waiting for. We relive the coming of Jesus And in that, we want others to discover that as well. And so today is, in a sense, a prep for it. I'm just preparing you for how we might engage in the season. That's our desire, is to help you. And make no mistake, we are entering a season of promise. What we look at and will look at in the coming four weeks will be the promises that Jesus came to fulfill and the promise specifically in him. And so there is receiving in that. We hope you are preparing for Just ideally, but I also, and today specifically, want to prepare you very simply as missionaries. Now, I probably call you missionaries, and you look at me like, dude, you are calling the wrong person the wrong thing. Missionaries, actually, in recent centuries, a a newer word, we typically use it to describe people that head out somewhere to a field, to a unique place, not a field like a field, you know what I mean. But what I want you to be realizing and kind of entering into today is that we actually have a missionary God. In essence, God himself, Jesus, comes to the earth in the flesh to be with us, to be sent to us to bring life and hope and freedom and forgiveness. And so when we consider missionary life, we're called to be the same. You understand that, don't you? As followers of Jesus, we're given his presence. So what I want to do to begin is I want you to hear the story of one of our own who literally did have God whisper and speak and guide them onto a particular field. We'll see it in a minute and hear about it. But what I want you to go back to, if you've been with us, we've been talking about the role of the Holy Spirit to lead us to guide us and to be present with us as we help others discover and grow in faith. And so as you listen to this young man's journey of being prepared to go on a new field, to be called as a missionary, I want you just to listen to how the Spirit was leading him to that process, to the roles that others were involved with him. Now, his You won't see who he is because the field he's going to soon is one we can't show on a screen. Uh, For those of you who are here, you'll be able to see him. I can't use his name here, but he'll be in the lobby later. But I want you to listen to the story and everything in you is going to go, that is not me, never me. Instead, I want you to listen for what does connect of being led. So take a look and hear a bit of his journey.
1: I've been following Christ most of my life, and for the past several years, I've been feeling a calling towards missions. I've been involved in different outreach events, and I've had the opportunity to go on a few different mission trips. During this time, I was seeking more and more what what God wanted me to do with missions as as He was drawing me closer and closer and, and making a bigger call on my life. Finally, I felt Him calling me to full-time missions work. So over a year ago, I started working with Global Partners who sends missionaries through the Wesleyan Church. I worked together with them and with All Shores trying to figure out where God wanted me to go. At the beginning of this year, I had almost finished the application process with the Global Partners, but I still didn't have a real location. Through the next several months, I had meetings with missionaries from all over the world. I spent lots of time in prayer and talking with with close friends about about how to figure out where it was that God wanted me to go. On the morning of July 3rd, I was spending time with God, and I felt a clear sense that the Holy Spirit was telling me that now it is time. I was sure that it was time for me to reach back out to Global Partners to move forward with this, but it still wasn't clear where. I was thankful, but it wasn't really the answer that I was looking for. I had been searching for so long to find out where He wanted me to go. Now He was telling me it was time, but He still wasn't giving me a place, and I didn't really know what to do with that. A week later, during my morning time time with God again, I felt the same thing again. Later that week, I had a meeting scheduled with a missionary from Central Asia. He shared a lot about the field that he serves in, And eventually, he asked me where I stood. I told him I still wasn't clear where God wanted me to go, but I also shared the story about how God was telling me, now it is time. He asked if I knew that the people group he was working with was called the noon people. I told him I did, and he asked if I knew where that word came from. I didn't know where the word came from, so he told me that noon is the Greek word for now, it is time. completely speechless in that moment. I had been waiting so long for an answer that I didn't think I was gonna get and he had already answered me. So now I've moved forward with appointment with global partners and I'm preparing to go to the mission field. Within the next two years I'll be sent to the noon field where I'll continue to listen to the Lord's calling for what he wants me to do. I love
0: listening to his story, I love listening to the day-to-day of it. I'm seeking God, I'm wanting him to speak, I'm wanting him to lead, and I don't know if you caught how he said it, but the only word he got was, now is a time, and then meeting with a individual in a particular area that wanted to talk to him, said the very name of this group of people is now, it's time. Like, come on, that's awesome, isn't it? That is the way God brings together What I am concerned about is sometimes we hear those stories and think, man, that is not me. And what I want you to hear is a couple things. One is many of you understand we just simply seek after God for what he wants, and that creates a climate where God speaks. But the part I want you to hear even more is you are sent where you live. That's what I mean by missionaries. We use a different word. We say that you're the church deployed, meaning God puts his spirit in you as his followers, and everywhere you go, he's going there in turn, meaning he goes with you. And in case you don't realize it, Jesus came to be with us. That's one of his names, is be with us. Like, the God of the universe is a missionary God. He deployed deployed himself. (laughs) He dies and rises and then gives us his spirit so we can all be deployed for him. Isn't that amazing? And the reason I start there is we're going to, just today, kind of preparing us for the season of Christmas, I want to encourage and remind how you are deployed to be his hands and feet, to be his very presence in the world around us. We don't just celebrate, we don't just receive this, we give it to others. We say in our mission, we're to be radically loving and growing together in Christ. And we describe radical love as receiving his love, but then giving it to others, being his presence to give it. So what we wanna look at today is just one simple story from the Gospel of Mark, where Jesus in his presence comes to another to help. And I want you, instead of being the other in need of help, to put yourself in the shoes of Jesus, saying, what might this mean for me to walk as Jesus did? Because as his followers, we follow the way and the path of Jesus by the power of the Spirit, bringing his presence and life to others. That's that's who we are. And you're all part of the deployment. You are all missionaries. You're just not all going to the noon field. You're going to where God put you that no one else can go. You understand that. So where we're going today is we're trying to discover out of his radical love how we might get ready for this season. Now normally what we'd simply say is, hey we want you to invite people and I wanna pull this back much bigger than please invite people at Christmas to, let's look at your life and how God wants to move. And if inviting's part of that, we'll give you the tool, but we're much more interested in you being his hands and feet wherever you go. So with this in mind, we're going we're gonna to look at Mark chapter 10, just one little excerpt. I'll tell you this leading up to it, the story that happens before it. Jesus is with his disciples. They've been in Jericho, and they have basically said to him, two of the guys near him, say, hey, we'd like to be important. So when you come into your kingdom, can I be at the right? Can I be at the left? That's what they ask these two brothers, very selfishly and not the things we want. And Jesus really challenges them and says, listen, you're here to serve, not to be lifted up, not to be important, but to help others, to be deployed, to be servants of others. That's where we are before. And let's be clear, we all have that tendency, don't we? How can Jesus come to make my life better for me? So it's after this moment, they're now about to leave Jericho and we take it up in Mark's account. Then they came to Jericho, this is his disciples and the whole group with them, as it says, Jesus and his disciples together with a large crowd and they're leaving the city. So now they're moving on, and where they're going is to Jerusalem. This is a place of Passover. It's a place every Jew from every area is moving towards. And just think about it in parallel to how we all move towards Christmas. Christmas is the beginning of the year for the church. Every year it's the start point because it's the point at which Jesus entered the world. The missionary God, the God deployed to come and be with us To bring his presence and hope to us, and we're called the same way. That's what we're entering into in this season. Now, make no mistake, can you imagine? You're in a big group, you're trekking from one place to another. I just want you to picture this is crowded and loud and demanding. Lots of things are going on, lots of noise. You get that? Have you ever been just at a sports event where you're moving through the area either after the game or at halftime or during a break and you can barely get anywhere? Been there? Unless you've been at the Lion Stadium, then there's a lot of openings and easy places to go. But you can't get through. I want you to picture this is excitement and a crowd, and they're all moving, and they can't wait to get Jerusalem. It's the epicenter, it's where they want to go. And it tells us there's a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus. We're going to come back to his name later. He was sitting by the road begging. Now what I want you to picture just in this story is all the noise and the crowd and the sheer inertia of moving towards Jerusalem. And in the midst of that, of all the noise, of all the excitement, of all the hustle and bustle and all what's coming, there's one lonely person on the side of the road, unnoticed, unseen, unable to move, helpless and hopeless. So how about if we just stop there for a minute? In this busy, demanding season, might God put people in your path along the road of your life that are helpless and hopeless? We use this kind of way of grouping just to be reminded of our circles. We talk about our friends. We say, that we have people that you and I have friendships with, that we will walk across the path with somewhere in these weeks. We have relatives. We have people in our own family life that we will interact with at times we may not others in the years. We have acquaintances, the people we know but don't know well. You and I have neighbors. Did you know you actually have neighbors? Most of us, they're just people we drive by and we wonder, why didn't they mow more? Why do they mow so much? Why is their yard so good, so bad? Why aren't they fixing my yard? And why aren't they plowing my driveway? That's about it. And then we have coworkers. In other words, we just try to give you the groupings to be reminded, these are potential people in the midst of the craziness and demand of the season. You could walk right past, but they're right there. And that's the picture we have. Everyone's excited to get to, and they're not paying attention to who's right there in their midst. So what if you and I just said, Lord, give me eyes to see the people around me. Help me to see who's around me. Let me listen, Lord. Let me look. Let me begin to pay attention to who's there. The passage continues. When he heard, meaning this this blind man, that Jesus of Nazareth was there, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Very simply, he doesn't know what to do or how to get out, and he's just asking for help. Oh, God, help me. I'm stuck. Now, how do you think we discover that someone's struggling that's around us? Have you considered it's actually simple? It's funny, you know, I'm not, like, I'm not very discerning. I don't think I know things, but I've walked around enough times to notice, have you ever noticed somebody's face to realize, oh, something's not right? What if you and I just started looking? Maybe they're not laying on the ground. Maybe they can't not get up. Maybe you just see there's a weariness on their countenance, and you ask how they're doing. By the way, when you ask how they're doing, it's not how are you doing, move past it. It's just stopping. I have found, it's not like I know the right questions to ask. I'm just annoying enough that people tell me things because I don't stop. I'm okay. Well, what's that? what does that mean that you're okay right now? Well, it's been pretty tough right now. Do you know that if you and I just started to listen, we might hear things we've never heard before and notice people we've never noticed before. What might it be in your friendships to do this? What might it be with your very family to do this, your relatives? What if you got to your family events and you just asked what's been good for you this year? What's been hard for you this year? What are you going through right now? We were at a family event some months ago and I began to ask a few questions to people I've known a long time in my family and found out two of them have major anxiety. I just asked them how they were doing and I found out, oh my goodness, this is hard for you. And I, all it was was asking. It was listening and asking, listening and asking. That's all I did. You know what, I'm not good at it, I'm sure you can do it too, can't you? What if you and I started doing that with our friends and our relatives and our acquaintances? Show of hands, how many of you don't know much about your neighbors? I've had a neighbor near me for 20 years that I really haven't known, well, in this last year I learned an awful lot about some things going on, and my friend, my neighbor now, asked me to pray about a very particular situation that's been difficult. Because guess what, when you listen, They'll give you things to pray for. We listen, and we pray. We listen, and we pray. We engage and notice things that others just run past, and they may not say it with these words, but they will have things they need. Watch, though, what happens in this. The crowd around them, many rebuke him and tell him to be quiet, but he shouted loud, All the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now, what I want you to consider here is, What I'm telling you today, you're going to have a lot of voices telling you you don't have time and you can't do it. There's going to be voices in your own mind and your own thoughts. Oh, you know what? You don't know what to say. Don't ask that one. Oh, that's going to be a bigger deal if you ask that right now. Oh, they kind of got in their own trouble. You know enough about it. You don't want to know anymore. Oh, I'm too busy right now. If I get into that, it's going to ask a lot more of me. You are going to have lots of reasons. And make no mistake, the demands around you are going to do it too. What happens at this time of year? We've got a lot to get done before the holidays, so we've got plenty going. I am head down, get it done, and then I gotta get to the holiday. So the voices are gonna be inside and outside telling you, no, 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 just quiet that one down. No, you can't do that now. Are you understanding there'll be opposition to your actually realizing who's around you and struggling? Like that's what happens in this scene. These people are telling the very person who needs. Would you shut up? We're going to Jerusalem, so Jesus can die. He can rise. He'll be a, and it'll bring new life, but not to you. Get out of the way, so we can go do this. I mean, missing the whole point of what Jesus is coming to do. Now, I love what happens next. Jesus stopped. And he said, "Call him." So they called to the blind man, "Cheer up, on your feet. He's calling you." The blind man throws his cloak aside, he jumps to his feet and he comes to Jesus. Jesus stopped. You know what he did? He just stopped and he was present. It says Jesus came to be present. What if you and I, as we walk through these weeks leading up to Christmas, when we see someone need, we just stop and we're present. Wouldn't that be amazing? Do you know that that's what Jesus calls us to do—to be present, to just be there with people in the midst of their helplessness and hopelessness—to be there. Do you know that that what you bring is your presence to people in need? Do you you realize that you're you're all looking at me? I just want to make sure, like I I know you're not—you know, you're not real. Ah, but I want you to get this. Like this is incredible. God puts his spirit in you, he sends you on this journey, and everywhere you walk, there will be people that are sitting along the side of the road, helpless and hopeless, and your job is to stop and be present. How many of us can actually stop and be present? All of us, in case you don't know. All God's saying to us is, would you be there? Now, I love what happens. He then tells his disciples, listen, go call them, get him." and they shift. They've gone from shut up to, guess what, cheer up (laughs) and rise up. Literally, cheer up means to give courage. They're saying, oh, we want you to have courage. In the midst of your feeling hopeless, here's courage. Oh, and rise up. We want you to actually have hope. Jesus is telling us, guess what? We want to bring you courage and hope, courage and hope, courage and hope. Jesus says, I put my presence in you, so as you walk down the road you will find people that are hopeless and helpless. You stop and you are present. And guess what, by your sheer presence you'll bring courage and hope. Do you know most people when they're in struggles that they just know they're not alone, it helps? Jesus brought the ministry of presence. So I'm bringing you to do the same thing. You wanna know how to be present? You listen, you ask questions, what's going on? And you pray, you listen and you pray, you listen and and you pray. One of my, my friends uh, has a, a pretty significant health issue in one of their family members' lives. And I've been praying for this friend's uh, relative. And uh, I, checked, I check in with the relative every once in a while, too. Just text them, text this person, see. And most recently, I found out the person with a health issue got worse. And so my friend, I didn't talk to the friend, I just talked to the person in the issue, but my friend circled back to me and said, hey, you know, my, my family member told me you checked in and said, Yeah, it's not going well. In fact, could you like ask your wife to pray? Because your prayers aren't doing it. You're welcome. I loved it. He's literally going, Listen, I think we need to raise the pay grade and the, the level with the Lord. And I know your wife and I know you. Get her in, on team. I just, I don't know you that well, but I know enough to know Jesus is going, Eh, oh, okay, yeah, let, let's get at this. You know, what I loved it. He's saying, I want more. I want more. And here's the beautiful thing. You and I cannot make it happen, but can we pray that God moves? You bet. We pray and we listen. We pray and we listen. And the beauty is you and I can't do a thing, but Jesus can and wants to. And I don't know what it looks like, but I'm gonna keep asking. And I know Jesus wants to reveal himself, so I'm gonna keep asking that he moves. We stop, we listen, we pray, we listen, we pray. And by the way, we call in others to help us pray. So all of you, would you pray with me for this person? Pray for healing. You don't even need to know what it is. Let's just pray together. Jesus, man, we want you to move. And the beautiful thing is what Jesus does next in this. He says, what do you want me to do for you? A person who's helpless and hopeless and powerless, he says, what do you actually want? What do you need? The blind man says, I just want to see Jesus, go, your faith has healed you. Immediately received his sight and he followed Jesus along the road. I love this, that Jesus actually asks what the person needs. Have you considered when you meet up with people that are struggling to just ask, what do you need right now? What do you want right now? What can I pray? What can I listen and pray for and listen and pray for? I wonder how God would move more if you and I would step out. You you realize we can't manufacture it happening, don't you? Like, I can't grunt enough or try to pray hard enough, but man, I can cry out to God to move. God put his presence in us to be present with others, to stop and be with them, to listen and to pray, to listen and to pray. What might God be putting in front of you? Who might he be putting in front of you? to be his very presence in this season that we celebrate his presence coming. (laughs) Isn't that cool? Hey, we're gonna celebrate, and by the way, we're gonna go be it too. Now, I would be remiss not to also flip this for us because it's not like we receive radical love and then we just walk around and we give it to everybody. We regularly need it again and again and again. Do you realize that every one of us in probably some area of life or most of us have our own blind Bartimaeus issues? You got anything you feel kind of helpless about that you don't know how to fix or change? You got anything that you can't see your way through and don't know what to do? Maybe part of this and even today is, Lord, I need your mercy. I need your help. See, we can't give what we don't have. Maybe it's looking back and remembering what he gave you and being renewed and reminded of it. Maybe it's entering in as the one who has need, not just the one to help me to need. I love the meaning of the name Bartimaeus. It literally means either son of honor or son of one who is honored. And we would extrapolate for men and women as son or daughter. And what it means is that person in struggle is cherished and honored by God. So in your place of need, God cherishes and honors who you are. As you reach out to everyone, anyone, God sees them as a person of honor And dignity. Tell me that doesn't refute everything we hear. We look at people's brokenness and go, man, that is too ugly and too broken. I do not want to see it. Get it out of here. And Jesus goes right to it. Says, I'm stopping and I'm present. Let me help you where you can't help yourself. Let me meet you where you don't have any hope or help. Let me give you courage and hope. Let me bring sight where you're blind. Let me bring help where you're helpless. God wants to give that to you and he wants you to give it to others. This is so much bigger than invite someone to church. This is you being deployed to be his hands and feet to a world in need at a time of need and that's what Jesus is showing us through this and I love what happens, they follow him. Now, this is what I've come to realize. We kind of see it as one big act but I'm telling you, every interaction you have, every time you bring presence, any movement someone makes towards Jesus is a movement to follow. My friend who's asking me to add other people to prayer, that to me, that's a movement towards him. Listen, step it up, dude. Great, we do need that. You're gonna do something just by being present that will move them towards Jesus. In the same way he wants to meet you, he opened his eyes. I just wonder who God has in your life to run into, to help, to move towards. We say it this way, we're deployed to bring his radical love to those around us, our friends, our relatives, our acquaintances, our neighbors, our coworkers. We're called and deployed missionaries to be with the world in need, to not just look at those moving with us or even those against us, but to see those sitting along the road, helpless and hopeless to bring his very presence by being his very presence to listen and to pray, to listen and to pray, to listen and to pray. Can you listen? You bet you can. Can you pray? Oh, yes. And and I know for some of you that's scary. It's, It's fine to say, I'll pray for you. I will just tell you, I have never had anything less than a significant moment when I'll just say, hey, can I pray for you? Right now? It's not like I'm eloquent and I have these great words. I don't pull out a prayer book and go, gracious Father, we beseech thee to. I mean, I'm just asking God to help. Would you meet them? Would you help me from listening just to help what they need? I can't do it. Do you know what that means to people? It's a ton. Do you think the God of the universe might move when you do it? You bet. Do you think it's a step of faith to risk and do it? You bet it is. Do you think the reward's amazing? Oh, I cannot even begin to tell you. I've always felt funny about doing this. And, and now I'll even have people that'll be like, hey, I hurt my ankle. It's really strong. Would you mind just praying for me? Oh, yeah, I am an atheist, don't believe. But would you pray for my ankle anyway? You, sure. Yeah. Let's see what happens. And by the way, I always ask, you sensing anything? Because sometimes God moves right in the moment. It's weird. It feels warmer. I don't know. I'm feeling a little better. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. You are so f- just, I know you're watching. I just, I picture you going, "Um, let's uh, let's see, what time does the game start today? I don't know. He's really not asking me to do this, is he? Yes. God didn't just give his presence to somebody to go reach the noon people. He gave his presence for you to go everywhere you go. Because no one else goes where you go, sees the people you see, and notices the ones helpless and hopeless in your midst. You are his very presence to a world in need. Every single one of you. Man, that is awesome. Here's what I wanna give you to apply this today. I'm just asking you to pray and to listen, to pray and to listen. We have these blessed plans. It's on the backside of what we gave you for the abiding process. This is kind of our outreach process. I'm only asking you these two steps. Could you begin to listen, begin to look, and then begin to pray? Hey, if you're not ready to pray with them, that's okay. Just tell them you're going to pray or just even pray on your own. You don't even have to tell them if that's too scary for you, as long as you're moving that way. But we're asking you, would you just pray and would you just listen? And then it leads me to the series because, listen, we think if you're living this kind of life, there'll be outplays wanting to invite and engage people. What we don't want it to be is, oh, my job is I invite and you guys do the missional things because you're made with his presence. We want you to see the idea of inviting us when it serves and how it serves, not we're trying to just get people here. Who are the people that actually it would help? And so I wanna just give you this kind of cue, and we have this digitally, I'll, I'll tell you more about it. But the four weeks of Advent, we're gonna look at the promises that come with Jesus. Now, I want you just to consider this. Do we not live in a world where nobody believes anything they hear or trust anything that happens? We have huge events happen and we can't even agree about what happened. And nor do I have any liking that I think I could convince us to all agree. I'd say something and half of you'd be mad at me, and so I don't. (laughs) The promise of Jesus' coming is not debatable. The revelation of him is not debatable. The promise of hope, the promise of peace the promise of joy, the promise of love, and Christmas Eve, the promise of him, what we're inviting people to is a promise they can count on at a time they can't count on anything. Listen, if you're in those engagements and you sense the spirit, which we're just asking you to sense the spirit, you know what, my friend needs hope. Hey, next Sunday we're talking about hope. If that seems like a good connect, ask. If they're not ready... Maybe you know what you do is you say you want to watch online, I'll watch with you. If they're not ready, don't even do that. Take the step you need to take. We just want you to understand that's what it's there for. By the way, we think you need hope and we think you need peace and we think you need joy and love. This isn't a itch to help those other people. We all need those things, don't we today? Don't we need them as followers of Jesus to find more of that? We're inviting them to something we're discovering. We want you to understand where are they at to help them, not we're trying to get people to come to a service. It could be in week three, you realize they're in struggling situations and you go, hey, I watched a message two weeks ago, might be helpful, I'm gonna send it to you, could we just chat about it? Again, maybe they're not there, but if they are, why wouldn't you use that tool? And then I will tell you the one that people are the most open to, which is Christmas Eve. And we have all this digitally, in fact, I'll just put it up, it's at allsures.org slash Christmas, we do have some physical copies out in the lobby as well. But we have all these different Christmas Eve services. We're in Coopersville on the 23rd at 7. We're in Muskegon on the 24th at 4. And we're here in Spring Lake on the 24th at 3, 5, and 10. And I'm telling you, there are people that will want to come because at Christmas, even if they're nominal, even if they aren't sure, they'll come because there's some place they find hope and life and community that they need. So I'm going, listen, we want you to be the missionaries, the church deployed, that if these serve you all, we want you to engage. We don't want to say to you, hey, we're doing a series, you should invite people. We want to say you are missional people deployed. How's the Spirit leading you? And if you can use these things, please do. Because guess what? We do things too to try to help you, and you're reaching people in need. Does that make sense? Are you tracking with me? Now all I'm gonna do now is I just want to pray. This was I told you this was prep for next week. It's not even really a message to prep for the next one, but in a sense it is, and I wanna pray for you, that if you're in a place of helplessness and hopelessness, God would meet you today. I wanna pray as well that you will hear his very presence saying, I have made you to be deployed, and guess what, the time is now. It wasn't just for our missionary, it's for all of us. In this season, you will be journeying out and you will see friends, and relatives, and acquaintances, and neighbors, and coworkers, that have some kind of helplessness or hopelessness. You may even just sense God saying, go ask a question. I don't even care if you got it right. Try it anyway. Do you know you do not go wrong asking someone how they're doing? It's not like God's going to go, ah, oh, you got that one wrong. I don't want you to ask that. God's going, I love that you just took a step. And you're going to find out that God wants you to stop and be his very presence to a people in need, praying and listening praying and listening let me pray for us lord i ask for each person here god i do not know those watching online those here who have some place where they feel like a broken beggar helpless and hopeless in some aspect of their life but i pray whatever it is they just cry out to you now lord jesus christ have mercy on me and jesus i am asking not just for your presence i'm asking for courage And hope and new life into them. Lord, would you pour out your radical love where we need it? Would you pour out your presence where we need it? Lord, in the same way, would you renew and remind us that we're made to be deployed, not just to a field, but to the very locations we're at? Would you awaken us to our friends? And our relatives, and our acquaintances, and our neighbors, and our coworkers. God, would you slow us down in the busyness and the voices that say, you don't have time, you can't do this, you don't know what you're doing? And would you help us in the days and weeks ahead to stop and be present with those around? God, to trust you as we listen and pray. God, whatever it is, whether it's inviting and engaging somewhere here, whether it's on our own, in our own lives, in our own ways, would you lead us to do that? Lord, that inviting and engaging with people to be a part of who we are because we're people that love you and are called to help others, not because it's a church strategy. God, lead us to that end. Lead us together in your name. Amen.